Welcome to Life Words Day by Day. When you're a teenager, it's called peer pressure. As you move into your 20s, we refer to it as people pleasing. And for those that are a little bit older, we use an even fancier word. It's called codependency. But the phrase that the Bible uses is fear of man. We all struggle with it. For many of us, this is what influences the decisions we make in our lives. We can be in bondage and controlled by what others think of us. The fear of man takes many shapes. Do you find it hard to say no to someone even when wisdom dictates that you should? Is self-esteem a recurring problem for you where you need others to elevate your sense of worthiness? Are you always second-guessing your decisions because of what others may think of you? Are you afraid of making mistakes because you will look bad in other people's eyes? Are you jealous of other people and their possessions? Do you avoid people? Well, then they're controlling you. And we could go on and on outlining symptoms of the fear of man, but it's a universal problem. We all have it. You can see its effects in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 1. After sin entered the world, Adam and Eve realized that they were naked and that they were ashamed. And this was the debut of fear. They tried to hide themselves from God and each other. They covered themselves up. They knew they were exposed and vulnerable and they were afraid. And we've been hiding ever since. But since then, our fear and reverence of God has decreased. And our fear and reverence and worship of man and ourselves has increased And we are people who live more in fear of looking silly in front of man than acting sinfully before a holy God. When we examine ourselves, we can sometimes see that in our hearts, people are big and God is small. We all struggle with it. But this is the gospel, that God has covered our shame, removed our guilt through Jesus Christ, so that we can live as people whose God is big and people are small. Jesus came and lived a faultless life. He didn't struggle with peer pressure or people-pleasing or being codependent on anyone. And the people realized this about him. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 16, it says, Teacher, we know that you're a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with truth. You are not swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. Jesus had no guilt, possessed no shame, did not walk in the fear of man. He never second-guessed his decisions, never dealt with low self-esteem issues because he never had to deal with committing sin. And the reason God can cover our sin and shame is all because of Jesus. God places upon the perfect life of Jesus our sin, punishes that sin in Jesus on the cross. And so he's carrying our penalty, our guilt, our sinfulness. He carries the consequence of us living with a minimized view of God and an inflated view of man. And Jesus not only carries that guilt and bears the punishment of it from God, Jesus proves to the world that he's more powerful than the power of death and sin and Satan by resurrecting from the grave. He came back to life and offers the power of that resurrected life to you and me by grace through faith. So what that means is that when God orchestrated this whole plan of salvation, it's not because we were worth it or deserved it. Several years ago, I read a book with my son about the superhero Thor. And in that book, Thor's dad crafted this incredible hammer made of special magical metal. But Thor could only lift it when he became worthy of the hammer. Well, here's the deal. 
the ultimate reality is that the creator of the universe says that we are not worthy of his gift. But the Father sends Jesus along, who willingly says, I will lift it on their behalf. That's grace. And it becomes reality, salvation from the punishment of sin. And life in Christ becomes a reality when a person says, I know I am a sinner and will never be worthy of the gift of God that he's crafted for me. I know that I have broken God's law and I am sorry, but I'm putting my hope in Christ. And from that point, you are freed from your guilt and shame. You no longer have to live in peer pressure or as a people pleaser. You don't have to live with the worldview that people are big and God is small. It gets reversed and you can begin to live a life where Jesus is big and people are small. And that's exactly what you see in the life of Paul in the book of Acts, particularly in chapter 17. When Christ is big and people are small, you see more clearly, feel more deeply, and act more intentionally. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next few days. When you pray today, please remember Brad Gathright and his family, our missionaries in Honduras. Also remember the Farsi broadcast in the Middle East. And don't forget to join us tonight right here on this Facebook page at 7 o'clock for the live stream of the commissioning service of BMA Missionaries.